Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I am so pleased to have a guest with me. I don't have a lot of guests, but I think you're going to really love today's show with my friend, colleague, and the expert on many things out there in the bigger world, my friend, Paul Zelzer. And I want to read a little bit about him for you before I bring him on, because I want to be sure that if you are liking today's show, that you go and learn more about Paul. I will have his link to his website in the show notes for your convenience. But Paul Zelzer is the founder and chief entrepreneurial activist. He is uh, one of the first business and marketing coaches to focus on the needs of conscious entrepreneurs and social impact businesses. He also works with leaders to help them increase the transformational impact that they have on their organizations and in the world. His website for his work is paulzelizer.com. And like I said, I'll put that link in the show notes. Paul's the former director of social media for Wisdom 2.0, which is one of the premier mindfulness brands in the world. And in 2017, he founded Awarepreneurs because he kept getting feedback that it was time for a community that leverages the power of the intersection of conscious business, social impact, and awareness practices for positive change. Paul is an expert out there in the world. And Paul, I'm so glad to have you with me. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here, Gina. I'm so thrilled to have you that I I know that uh, we even talked a little before the show. And um, between the two of us, we have so many different ideas we could talk about. But I love the focus that we decided upon. There's a lot going on in the world today, Paul, and you are out there in many communities, ones that you have started and ones that you are a part of, both spiritual communities, uh, well-being communities, and, and things that you are an activist for. So we decided upon talking about a little bit focus on men and anxiety. How do you feel about that, talking about men today? and? what's going on in their worlds. Yeah, as I was sitting with this this morning, 
I really, I have a meditation practice and I was getting ready and meditating. I had a sense of just, I think so many people are feeling what's happening politically and environmentally. And there's a particular dynamic that I was wondering about your audience, Gina, that the men in the more sensitive or emotionally intelligent or oriented towards relationships, I think are dealing with a certain flavor of mm, spiritual and energetic challenges. And the short, crisp version is we care about relationships. We see so many examples of male leaders and powerful men being harmful and we don't want to do that, right? And we and we feel what's going on environmentally and have a sense that many of the systems like business, you know, there's more male leaders even today than female leaders in business, and business is causing so much harm to the environment. We know that on some intuitive or even very front and center level, and yet I'm like these leaders. And I see a lot of men are struggling. We, we want to be intelligent in the realm of emotions and caring for other humans and being skillful with our energy and not crossing lines like we've seen in the Me Too movement and all the conversations are so necessary there. And then there's the fact that I'm in this male body that feels things in a particularly embodied way that isn't always easy to navigate. I just had a sense. I wonder if Gina's ever talked to anybody about that. Yeah, I think it's uh, important to bring up it because so many things have changed recently that we have more and more awareness about uh, how we're how we are perceiving other people's actions, our own actions, what to do with the feelings that they bring up, and the idea of um, how can we be true to ourselves and uh, express even our feelings that we're having without causing other people harm. Can can you can you explore with us a little bit what you're seeing out there with um, men grappling with with these new ways of of kind of seeing the world and how other people are perceiving their actions? I'll tell you a story. Um, not too long ago, somebody reached out to me about a man in his forties established in his career, two kids. And they know it in my local community, I used to run a men's center and in my local community, even though that's not my professional work anymore, I'm still known as somebody who has a lot of connection. I'm in a men's group. People know that about me. Somebody reached out, said, hey, here's this guy. He's really struggling. Two kids um, and his marriage was falling apart. And his marriage falling apart set him off on a journey of anxiety and depression that he had never experienced before. And he had the vocabulary now, but he hadn't had it previously, that he was expecting his intimate partner, who in this case happened to be his wife. She she was carrying a lot of the emotional load. And he didn't mean to do it. He loved her. He loved his kids. In the process of like between work and family, there just wasn't much else or he didn't know how to make time for anything else. And when the marriage fell apart, so did the large majority of his emotional support. He had already been dealing with anxiety and depression, but when it fell, the marriage fell apart, it went off the charts, wound up in a therapist's office, and the therapist called me, and we had this fabulous conversation about seeing if we could help resource him, gave him lots of resources, and never heard from him again. Um, so 
that's just a little snapshot. Even men who have some vocabulary and of a sense like, wow, it's, there's a lot going on and I need support. And he is going to a therapist, but the therapist was saying, he can't just come to me with his all, be all and end all with every emotional thing that he's got going on like he used to do with his wife. It's great that he's going to therapy, but we need some more. And even as we talked about that issue, this particular man, at least this particular time, wasn't ready to do anything about it. And I've seen that for going on 25. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Five years now happen more than once. Mm. It's just amazing that we have so few places to go with our emotions and how we're feeling and how to un- unravel them. Yeah. And, and I think, again, it's true for all of us, wherever our experience has been like right now, it's just a lot up in the world without going into all the details. I think your listeners kind of have a sense. It's just like, this is a poignant time to be a human. And one of the things, if you look, you know this about me, Gina, that neurologically, um, I'm a neuro geek and really interested in the human nervous system and how that informs relationships and business and lots of other things. So when there's a lot up, women have this pathway that's, we all humans have it. It's called the tend and befriend. One way to deal with stress is the fight or flight mechanism, the freeze response, like deer in a headlight. And if we stay in that a long time, it's connected to anxiety and depression and all kinds of other harmful effects of being in fight or flight. And that's why mindfulness and yoga and all sorts of relaxation tools are, you hear so much about them. But women have this other pathway that's in general more developed. It's called tendon befriend. It's a stress response. Men can learn it but the, the neural pathways aren't as strong. So what it means is it's more likely that in this case, if there's a man and a woman that are married, when they're having some tensions, she goes and talks to her girlfriends and he doesn't talk to anybody uh, except for her. And that's just, it, it, it has a significant amount of impact and many American men are really struggling with the impact of both the wiring and also the social expectations of men 
And when you do start to see things fray at the edges a little bit or a lot in the realm of anxiety and depression, for men, it can be a really challenging, lonely, isolating time. Yeah. And I do see that, Paul. Um, You know, I see it uh, after it's gone on too long is when, when people begin to come to me. So what I would like to do is because I know how you've spent a lot of time helping people along these lines, I'd like to get into some things that the men can do. What to do next once they can maybe first recognize that something is happening. Maybe it's something as simple as listening to a show like this and and identifying, oh, that's what I do. Um, So I'm hoping hoping that you'll be able to give us some help along those lines. Now let's get back to you, Paul, with some proactive behaviors or ways of being for our men out there who are recognizing they maybe are not in the tend and befriend mode as much as women are. What can they do? That's a great question, Gina. So a couple thoughts. One is whether we're wherever we were born in the spectrum of gender, and it's becoming increasingly talked about as a spectrum, we need human relationships. We just do. <laughs> and yeah. some of us are really introverted. I'm actually, I have a lot of energy. Somebody commented on that today, but I'm actually an introvert who loves people is how I talk about it. Wherever you are on that continuum, some of us need more human relating and some of us need less human relating. But again, we're talking to the guys on the show. Hey guys, can we just acknowledge we need human relating, right? There's yeah. all this cultural conditioning and we need to expand what it looks like especially beyond just the sole 100% focus on the person that we're having sexual relationships with, right? That's what the culture gives men as the opportunity to connect, maybe with children, maybe with a few select family members, and primarily with the person that we're in a romantic or sexual relationship with. And don't get me wrong, I love romance, I love sex, that's great. But if that's the full... <laughs> We're supposed to channel all of our needs there. We're setting ourselves up for failure. Because if we don't have a partner, it's like, oh gosh, now I'm just left holding the bag alone. But if we do have a partner, um, the women's movement came to call it emotional labor. We expect our partner to do way more emotional labor than any one human person can do. And we set that relationship up for uh, either an undue amount of stress or we sabotage the relationship to such a point, like this gentleman, I told the story that the whole thing falls apart. And then we're alone and our primary person, like, gosh, that's, that's a tough road to hoe, right? Yeah. So the first thing is to just acknowledge this cultural story that men somehow are going to be this isolated lone wolf, John Wayne, whatever version of that, you know, whichever generation you're from, there's some media story, whatever culture you're from, the tough, isolated, um, individualistic, violent, and doesn't have emotional needs guy is a setup for failure. Just, just don't, continue to play that story that you shouldn't have these needs. And let's just start with what is, is that every human has these needs. 
and acknowledging that you have that desire to connect and be intimate and share, especially when there's stress in the field and between what's going on in the economy and what's going on in the world, there's a lot of stress in the field. How could you not have stressful moments right now? You're right. going to have human relating desires and needs and as well as time alone and time to reflect also not easy to get sometimes in this culture. So just acknowledging the needs you have and peeling back the cultural stories that get layered on from us by our families, movies, TV, books, etc. You are an emotional, relational creature, and that's okay. It's beautiful. Start there. What do you do then? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because other men get the same kind of training and then you get all this, you know, challenge of how do you find people to connect with? Mm -hmm. Certainly it's a beautiful thing if you can find, you know, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. There are men's communities and circles and all different kinds of flavors. For example, in New Mexico, we just recently had the 35th anniversary of something called the New Mexico Men's Wellness Group. Hundreds of men all over the state connect, help you find men's group, seven or 10 retreats a year, just good guys who are gathering and, and creating support for men to be working on wellness, sharing, etc. It's not religious, it's just you know, for, works for some guys, doesn't work for others, but there may be some formal men's community in your reasonable driving distance that you could literally just plug and play into. And if that fits for you, that's awesome. If yeah. it doesn't, that's okay too, right? Right. So I'll tell a story of a men's circle in my world. Recently, I my daughter went off to college. I've been living in Santa Fe about an hour from where I live now in Albuquerque for 13 years. I have a men's community up there, fabulous friends. I'm still only an hour away, but I moved down to Albuquerque for a variety of reasons, including work. And I didn't know as many people here, a few work colleagues, etc. But mostly my main community for the first time was, you know, at least an hour away. When I got down to Albuquerque, I was looking at the men's community and other things. And what I found, one of the ways I found an incredible community, I actually leave at four o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning, <laughs> to go to Zion National Park on a trail running. Three days in what in the trail running world is like considered just, it's a bucket list run. That's literally how people write about it. So wow. if, if the whole touchy-feely men sit in a circle chair thing doesn't work, that's, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, what are some of the interests that, you know, who knew? But I have the, basically this trail running group has become three of us, and we've become very close, and we run three times a week. We do adventures. We did a half marathon a couple of weeks, a trail run, like in the mountains, slept in my buddy's RV for a weekend. We turned it into a weekend. Now we're going on this four-day trip. I've only known these guys seven or eight months because I haven't been in Albuquerque that long. But our common interest in trail running, it's yeah. physical and it works for me. I like it better than sitting in some kind of therapy kind of... I used to be a football player when I was in high school. I'm a very <laughs> active guy, right? Oh, cool. Three days of trail running while we're on the trail. 
And partially, we each took some risk, but I certainly contributed to that. While we're running or while we're like taking a break for lunch for half an hour before we go run again, I took some risks about, hey, something such is going on at work or here's what's happening with my daughter or whatever. I helped create a culture in a trail running group where we share in many ways that people would say, are you guys a men's group? Well, no, we're a trail running group, but yeah, we share like this. We do this for each other in a way yeah. that most trail running communities wouldn't, right? Yeah. So what are those things that you love to do that you could connect with other humans, male or female, and start leaning in? I didn't start with like the biggest, oh my God, I didn't sleep at all last night because this is the most crisis ridden. But I, I took a, a gentle, bold step in the direction of more emotional authenticity and saw how did that experiment go. And these guys leaned in and totally met me and I leaned in a little more and they leaned in more. And within the space of six or seven months, I have fabulous friends and community in a place I haven't lived that long. And if you can't find it or it's not yet there or you're just, there's certainly online communities and other community, you hear me use the word community a lot. I'm kind of obsessed by community. <laughs> Another community in my life. So it could be your little three-person trail running group or, you know, whatever. Maybe you like to play poker with the guys. Or my One of my friends, it's his whiskey club, right? And you can imagine, you know, whiskey, somebody could get out of control and drinking, but that's not what they do. I've been, it's, it's a dear friend of mine and seven guys get together uh, once a month and they try different whiskeys, right? Mm-hmm. And but it's the same thing. While they're there, I've been, um, when I visited him in his city, the conversation, yeah, it's about work and oh, this whiskey is better than that one. No way. This one. They tease each other in a certain flavor. Whiskey is the container, but it's really about connection. And everybody in the room knows it, even if it's not the like, hey, what's the heaviest thing in your heart kind of therapy-ish or personal growth-ish kind of space. They're doing all the things, but they're doing it in a way that makes sense to them, right? Whiskey, trail running, whatever, right? If you can't find that or you haven't found that yet, there are fabulous communities online. Gina, you have one of them. I'm the founder of a community where we connect around the theme of entrepreneurship and conscious business. But the sharing in there is 320 people. I can go almost anywhere in the country, increasingly the world. And when I travel, I have friends. (laughs) Oh, go to San Francisco. If I go to Hawaii, Gina, you bet. I'm coming to see you, right? (laughs) Go to Florida, go to New York. When are you coming to New York? People like, when are you coming to Germany? So, you know, Again, it's the same. There are anxiety or male support groups online. And if that's your thing, go for it. If you have a sense of like, I don't want to just talk about my stress or just my anxiety or like to what does it mean to be a man? Ah, Not so thrilling to me. Well, what is your passion and how do you find or create the place where you try those gentle, bold experiments, lean in, and even though it starts off as a book club or uh, investing club, you find that there's a way to lean in and turn that into a form of genuine human relating that makes sense to you given your wiring, pacing, um, needs, and suddenly you're 
you're in a space of tend and befriend around whiskey or trail running and it feels good to you as opposed to squeeze yourself into somebody else's sense of what support should look like. Exactly, Paul. That is so awesome because that's exactly what's needed is find the tend and befriend for your nervous system. There, there is no one size fits all, right? Let, let's just quickly reassure everyone that the differences are okay. Like everyone's not going to want to go to um, the same kind of group. And like you are uh, now tending and befriending with two other guys, your little three-man group that's trail running, like it doesn't have to be a big ordeal or it can be in a big group that you just find perhaps a few people that their um, responses really resonate with you. Can you give, do you have any other tips or things just to give people, you know, people listening are a little anxious to say say the least and may have some reservation about, um, leaning in, as you put it. So can you give them some reassurance and little ideas around that? It's awkward to be a man in this time in this place, if you're mm. listening in a developed country. So just that awkwardness it isn't just you personally. There's a, the, <laughs> the younger people would say, you know, men, particularly middle-aged men, they're, you know, older men, they're just having a moment, right? <laughs> Men are having, we're just having a moment, guys, right? And and so some of it might be to just depersonalize. It doesn't, I don't say this to say, get rid of the feelings, but like maybe you can be a little kinder that you're having these feelings because of what's happening. Massive cultural shifts in, de- in gender and economics and family and where we live and how we spend our time. So and the expectations that we're just going to, again, kind of be this guy who's like, I've heard it said this way, Gina, that women are sex objects, that that's how the culture oftentimes treats and thinks about women. Men are success objects. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be these like robotic, crank out the widgets, whatever the economic output we have. If you're a doctor, it's, you know, anybody who knows the medical system, the number of humans a medical provider is supposed to see right now in a day is just insane. How do you give quality care and connect when somebody's dealing with life or death decisions in 13 minutes or less? You know, so the widgetization of our economy and the idea that men are supposed to be good at it and not have feelings when you're in that, it's like, whoa, wait you're a human being with a heart and you're not an automaton. You're not AI. You're not a robot. So be kind that that's the cultural context for what you might be experiencing. And you're not wrong or broken. The culture's wrong and broken. Um, Didn't mean to get that way, but here's where we are. Mm -hmm. And then at least for me, I've gotten kind of fierce, not in a mean way, but Mm -hmm. in a, in a like, I am an incredibly relational being and I'm also an incredibly physical being and not everybody knows what to do with that. (laughs) But, but how, how you're wired, how, like I, when I came to Albuquerque, I was like, I'm going to find people who 
get me. And I have gears. I used to be a football player in high school and I've been meditating since I'm 17 years old. I'm 51. So I have gears that like foot, my, my dad used to say when I was in high school, I didn't know if you were a jock who was smart or one of the smart kids who was also good at sports. <laughs> I have gears like that, that, you know, if I only connect in the gym and I, you know, and, and we're like working out, but we're not like talking anything real. Oh God, I get really, I feel stifled and weird. And like, I can't do that. But if I'm only talking emotions and relational stuff, I'm like, oh my God, get me out of here. Can I go for a trail run? I need the, I need to find my range and people who can meet me where I am. And each listener is going to be in a different place around that. But don't let the culture of well, well meaning culture. And we talked about this, Gina, before you turned on the record button. The culture of personal development and therapy. And I can say this, I have a master's degree in therapy. I'm a retired or a recovering therapist. <laughs> um, the culture of therapy, it's a very interesting background. It was created by men whose patients were almost 100% women, Freud, Young, et cetera, right? Therapy was meant to try to help humans, but all the humans who were being helped and experimented were women. And therapy doesn't, oh, as is. Now, I'm not against therapy, but I'm trying to say, make sure the places you're looking to for support meet you or, or the combined places. I don't have just one. You can hear me talk about this entrepreneur network and my trail running buddies and I'm still in the men's group from Santa Fe and et cetera, et cetera. I won't bore you with all the details, but the collective sense of communities and relationships in my life combined with I'm an introvert and I meditate and I take time alone and I need to debrief and I do yoga, the full spectrum of what support in my life looks like is curated and it's meant to kind of touch in all the gears that are important for this human being called Paul Zelizer, whether it's trail running 42 miles in three days with a pack on my back, which I'd start at 4 a.m. tomorrow, or being the founder of an entrepreneur community of 320 plus people who are doing amazing things. And there's a lot of dynamic energy. Or sitting alone on my meditation cushion every day in the morning in a quiet house making sure I get that time to set the intention for my day right. That's all curated to take care of this particular nervous system, which has a lot of gears. And I want your audience to feel empowered to acknowledge the gears you have and create something that works for you rather than, and especially as guys, that might look different than what mm, a traditional personal development or therapy leader would think is supposed to be because a lot of their reference point might be what works for women. Paul, you have nailed it. Pay attention to this tend and befriend need or desire that is in you and where that you can explore to get those needs and desires met. Paul, I so appreciate having you with us today. Can you take a moment and tell everyone that's listening where they can find more about you? First of all, Dean, just thank you for having me on the show. Congratulations on what you've done with the show and all the lives you've touched. I'm just deep out of you. I'm a, I'm a podcaster myself and podcasters with a purpose, like, yes, I just like celebrate that so much. So anyway, I celebrate you. Thank um, you. 
there's there's a couple things I two main ways that somebody might find me depending on what you're interested in. If you're an entrepreneur or a leader that wants to bring more mindfulness into your work and really look at purpose and impact um, in a small group or one-on-one way, you can go to Paul Zelizer. That's my last name, Z E L I Z E R dot com. And if you're an entrepreneur that wants to be in a community of folks who are thinking about things like podcasting for impact and how do you create something that is maybe more aligned with your values and works on an entrepreneurial level of a community and a podcast called Awarepreneurs, the first part of the word awareness and the second part of the word entrepreneurs, awarepreneurs.com. And we will have links to both of those in the show notes, Paul. I um, I love that you have started a podcast. You know that I did a happy dance when I saw that you were doing that. So uh, congratulations to you. Oh, on wait, that. can I interrupt for just a yes, second? of course you can. I interviewed Gina. So come hear Gina's story about the Anxiety Coaches podcast that maybe you haven't like, how did this come into being and what's her intent behind it? What's Gina's journey on the Awarepreneurs podcast? If you haven't heard that story, go check out that episode. It was a fabulous experience to hear that story, Gina. Oh, we did have fun. It's always good to connect with you, Paul. So I hope everyone listening will will uh, take a page out of today's conversation book. And if you want to know more about Paul, those links will be in the show notes. Thank you, everyone. Aloha, Paul. Bye, Gina. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.